the price of admission. It's the Living Sober Podcast, episode seven. Why is change so daggum hard? The levels of uh, desperation and the rock bottoms that one has to face in order to bring some change into one's life. Speaking for myself, I'd like to thank everybody for checking out the podcast, liking, subscribing. Everything has been positive so far, so I'm, I'm maintaining that that 98% uh, approval rating that I so desperately seek. It's Living Sober. levels that it takes to to uh to to bring change into my life in recovery we hear that you know gotta hit rock bottom they they have to hit their bottom to change well that just doesn't go for drinking that goes for any type of change i had to want to change my job or get out of my relationship or quit the sugar or anytime that I, i was desperate really desperate in pain that was the the catalyst i guess for the change and and as an addict alcoholic that's just how we roll somebody who knew more than me once remarked that pain 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 is the touchstone of all spiritual progress when i was out there doing a deal 25 year drinking career i had by the time i was 25 i had already threw threw away two careers i was you know the urine soap riding the e-train i was social services, psych ward, Bellevue Hospital. I got submitted or introduced to AA because those pros said that, Phil, no, you're not depressed. You're not agoraphobic. You're just an alcoholic, you know, and uh, and here's the literature. And I, and I went and I, I never got with the program, okay? It took me another 13 years before I finally actually sobered up. And uh, it was because I was in pain. But look, I wasn't, I had worked my way up to respectability at this time. I was out, upstanding member of the community, had a couple dollars, had a beautiful wife, good job, had actually just got a promotion. And uh, the worst feeling in the world is wanting to quit drinking with all of my heart and not being able to. And uh, we talk about that psychic change again that snap that enough is enough. I was juggling so much chaos when I came in that there was no nothing else to do except, you know, up, 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 up. But that also applies for like the, the job that I stayed in for probably six years longer than, than I could have. The, the depression that, that I was all engulfing when I was in sobriety and, and still like having some serious negative thoughts. Because I was doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. One of my character defects is sloth, 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 super duper lazy. And I call it the pin in the butt. You ever sit on a, you, you might sit or step on like a push pin and you like pop up out, out your seat and, and hop in the air screaming. Well, that's what sometimes it took for me to kind of get off my butt on a Sunday afternoon. 
I had to get that serious push, uh, pain for me to get motivated or the trash needed to be taken out three days ago. I didn't get up and take it out until it was like stinking up the joint, living sober. When I was like six months, seven months sober, I remember being in a lot of pain and I called up a closed mouth friend, we'll call it anonymity, spiritual foundation. I want to make sure that, you know, you guys know that again, living sober podcast, it's your host, Phil P. We're not affiliated with any 12 step program. I just like to dip my thumb toe and, and all of the recovery programs, but I'm not endorsing any of them. So the lingo that I use, it's going to be a lot of celebrate recovery, going to be a lot of AANA. It's going to be a lot of uh, smart recovery talk, whatever works for you. This podcast is about recovery in, in general. So I'm like six months sober and I, I was in pain. I was negative, neghead thinking. And I had called a closed mouth friend uh, and said something to the effect that, I'm dying over here. Please help me. And what that friend told me was, Phil, you're not entirely ready. You haven't hit the, the rock bottom pain level that it takes to create change. And he had hit the nail on the head when he said, keep it real with yourself. To thine own self be true. You, you don't want to quit. Insert character defect here. You know, you, you're, you're enjoying it. And the fact that it's causing you much pain, don't worry. You'll get enough of it to change. And he also added on this, and I love to tell this story. The pain level that I was in when I, when I got sober five years ago, it's undescribable. I, as again, only a sober drunk, only somebody that's in recovery can understand what a rock bottom is. Now, everybody's rock bottom looks different. And mine was driving down the road, saying to myself, I'm never going to drink again. And there I was hopping the curb to get those beers. And that was the most defeating moment of my entire life at that time. But I got sober. I got with the program. I put the plug in the jug. But then I started to develop this crippling ice cream addiction. And, and I was dying, scrolling uh, Facebook. And then and then all of the, the buffet, Chinese buffet and Golden Corral and the food and the shopping and everything. I was just soaking it up and I was starting to hit rock bottom level, levels with that type of behavior. And I can see him now. You, you, you love to tell people that. Well, that's the type of pain it, that I have to get through to, to have some change in my life and, and go in a new direction. But it takes time because unfortunately, I'm cursed with those character defects that feel good. I've never been one for, for anger or wrath or, or, or super resentful or, or anything. I'm just not an angry or um, neghead type person in that way. You know, all of my stuff revolves around like shopping, eating, women, uh, sloth, the stuff that is super comfortable. And it goes into fear. It goes into that comfortability. Uh, I was 
I could see myself on those Sunday afternoons. They didn't have like Zoom meetings when I was getting sober in 2018. It might as well have been 1995 as far as like online um, you know meetings went. So on Sunday afternoons, especially if it like wasn't football season, I would be on my couch, one hand in the ice cream, another hand on my cell phone, another hand, you know, in the M&Ms, another phone watching TV, watching something on my phone and TV's on. And I want to kill myself at this time. I want to kill myself. And I'm saying, please, please help. And it was explained to me that that quote that I mentioned earlier, that pain is the touchstone, pain is the touchstone, that that's how me as an addict and an alcoholic, that's how I get motivated. When I was young, my mom, if she needed to to uh, get me motivated, you know, she know what to do. She would bust out that whip, you know, and she would crack it over my head, and I would be hop, hop, chop, chop to it. And it's uh, it's just the neuroses, it's the way that, way that that we're wired. But I do not beat myself up. I'll get I'll get into it a, a little bit more here in this this last section of the Living Sober podcast. I'm Phil P. Living Sober. Have you had enough? Have you had enough pain? That's where I was uh, back in 2021 when I was uh, at, you know, I was working. I was working my butt off and uh, for, for an employer, for a company that I actually love working for. I, lo- I love them so much that I was uh, working nights and weekends. I was representing the company out in public, doing speaking events. And he, my, my life was dedicated to this job. And the only thing is that you know, I wasn't ever getting promoted. Now, I see my part in this, you guys. I will admit that I did admit that I was a, a drunk. I came back from re- rehab, and I did go on a tour and let everybody know that, you know, I, I was a drunk and that I needed help. And in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have did that. It was all love, but that might have created like a ceiling uh, for progress there that I wasn't going to go any higher than I was, but I, I digress. So uh, positions are coming up. You know, I was capable enough to come to work, show up uh, on time, sober every day, go out in the community, represent special projects, overtime, everything that, that a good company man would do. But when I went up for the promotion, I always got uh, turned, uh, turned away, rejected. Outside is brought in. And I'm not going to say that I, I took that, you know, in a, in a positive way. I, I was absolutely infuriated because I knew that, you know, I was qualified. I was doing good work. You're saying I'm good enough for this, but not good enough for that. And by this time, I had made a change. I was two, three years in sobriety. I was a sober member in good standing and on my best behavior. No trips to the HR office in sobriety. I'm here to say very gratefully. But I wasn't getting a promotion, and I was calling a closed-mouth friend, you know, bitching every single day and saying, uh, 
F them. They don't, you know, they don't treat me right. I'm, I'm out of here. And I probably went on like that and was still trying to like wiggle my way into another position with better pay and better hours. And I, I, I was getting turned over and I was always like F this, F them. And, and my attitude was, was being that of a defeated person. So finally, I just realized, Phil, you know, that's it, man. You, you've, you've done all you can with this company and, you know, it's time for change. And it's two things that every alcoholic hates, change and the way things are. The work and the pain had to come together, you know, faith without works. But I did start praying. I started praying for the, the strength, you know, to find something new. And I started to get my stuff together, get my resume tight, get on Indeed, get on the, the, the job boards and, and put myself out there that I'm out. And no... I'm not kidding you guys. This was maybe in two weeks, my phone was ringing, ringing off the hook with some really cool opportunities. And it was everything that I had prayed for. It was better hours. It was more money. And, and one was almost double in salary. And it showed me that, you know, this is something I should have did a while back. I should have probably left after I got out of, you know, rehab, but it wasn't my time. So this all goes back to, you know, what's what's my pain tolerance? You know, how true do I want to be to myself? I can talk about it, you know, with ad nauseum. I can go on and on and on. I can complain about it. I can cry. I can swear off with the solemn oath. I'm done with this. I'm done with her. I'm never doing that again. But until it's earnest, until it until it hits the heart, you know, there's nothing that's gonna come out of that. And I've learned that here in my travels that I have to be the change. I have to be the change. It starts from within. I had to stop blaming people. I had to start. I had to start seeing my part. But the the hardest thing for me has always been honesty. I hate the truth. Meaning, I can keep it real. I can be honest with you and tell you really what's going on with me. But I have a appalling lack of perspectives when it comes to myself and my ability. And I just see the world through a skewed view. But that pain will straighten me right up. Somebody said that. Pain will teach you what your pride won't let you. And I absolutely do believe that, that it's the chief motivator. Love you all. Living sober. Phil P.